0: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, all of our content at our Facebook page where you can like and review the show. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, Google Play, wherever there are podcasts. That is where you will find Locked On Packers, the podcast for fans who want to know more than just what is happening. They want to know why. That is what we are here for. It is Friday and the Packers are getting set to go to Detroit to play the Detroit Lions who are going to be a little bit desperate. And they only have the one win on the season. The 1-3 record is, is... Foreboding when it comes to trying to get into the playoffs. And so winning their home games, this is going to be a game they're fired up for. They swept the Packers last year, now in two games with Brett Hundley, but you may remember that, that game after the bye week where I thought Green Bay would come out with a much better plan with Brett Hundley. It didn't matter. And the defense played so poorly that even... Aaron Rodgers being in that game may not have mattered because Matthew Stafford did whatever he wanted against that Packers defense. That Packers defense is not this Packers defense, specifically because of the cornerbacks, and and we're going to talk about them in a little bit when we get to the injury situation, uh, and and when we talk about Mike Pettin later in the show. We are going to get to some listener questions today. Uh, We hadn't really had time for that over the course of the week, and so... I do like Friday being a time for us to to carve out for those questions because I'm still getting a lot of them and if you ever want to to call in or text in to ask a question or leave a comment. Hello Peter. What's happening? You can do that at the Locked on Packers Fan Hotline at 920-341-3775 before we get to any of that though. I do want to address something because there there has been a change, and and a few of you have noticed and and uh, offered some level of frustration at the ads on the show, and I I understand it, um, and it hasn't changed in a long time, but it is changing now, and one of the reasons it's changing is because our listenership has grown so much, and we are now more attractive than we have ever been to advertisers specifically because you're listening. And so I'm very appreciative and very sensitive to what listeners think of the show. So I have actually tried to cut down a little bit the time of some of these ad reads because I want to make sure that I'm not shortchanging the audience that has helped the show get to this point. And it's really... In theory, the same number of ads, I'm just actually reading more of them. And so, what you will hear far less from now on is me reading an ad or throwing to break and then a locked on podcast network ad. We know you're listening and we appreciate you listening. There's still going to be one at the beginning of the show. That is universal across all shows, but now that that we have become an appealing property, and again, that's all thanks to you. The fact that you are listening is the reason that advertisers want to work with the show, and that is that is how we keep the show free, and we want to continue to keep it free, and we can do that by having advertisers on the show, and the fact that they want to target you means that they think they have a product that can help you, and I'll be honest, I have used promo codes from podcasts, and I think we have products on this show that you can use. And that's the reason why I tell you about them. I don't want to make a big deal out of it because it's just a, a a very small barely even a handful of people who have who have said something about it. But I just I want I thought it was appropriate and in full transparency to let you all know that there there is a change and there has been a change, and it's a good change for us. And so our hope is you continue to support the show, you continue to listen and you, you bear with us as we go through this. I will never have a show where I feel like the ads are overwhelming the content, but I also want to keep the podcast short. So I'm trying to find this balance. I appreciate you all being patient with me as we do that. All right, let that is we we have gotten that out of the way. It's a Friday show, a little bit of housekeeping. I had some conversations with some people about how to how to approach this, and I just wanted to be upfront with all of you about it. So there's going to be fewer pre-recorded ads, more of just me talking at you. Obviously, I would appreciate it if you listen, but there are plenty of ways to fast forward. So I'm I'm never going to suggest that. I'm never going to recommend you do that. But my number one goal is to keep providing you guys with the best content that I possibly can on a daily basis, and that takes a lot of work by a lot of people, and. One of the ways that, that we keep it going is advertising, and that's just the nature of the beast. So again, I appreciate everyone that has made it possible for this show to exist, for this show to be successful, to be as successful as it is. It continues to be one of the top shows on the entire Locked On Podcast Network, one of the top football shows week in and week out, and we're continuing to grow. This this first week of October has been our biggest week ever, so Packer fans are excited. I hope you're excited. I am excited to continue to do this show and and bring it to you on a daily basis. So let's dive into the actual fun part of the show this week. And there is some good news when it comes to injuries. There was a stretch there where it looked like Green Bay was going to have to start three receivers who are all rookies. And and they were going to be the only receivers really that they had because Randall Cobb is out with the hamstring injury, he was apparently not even close to being able to play. He it was a it was a legit pull, not a tweak last week. So, he is not going to play this week. I frankly wouldn't expect him next week for San Francisco either. More than likely, we won't see him until after the bye week, which is coming at a good time for him. Devontae Adams though is going to practice tomorrow with that calf injury and and I I'm Glad to be wrong about this, but when he didn't practice at all during the week, that was a red flag for me because the way that Green Bay handles injuries in most cases is unless you're Aaron Rodgers or an offensive or defensive lineman, usually the only way you can go all week without practicing in full is if you're either a veteran star player or you're a lineman. Receivers don't usually get to do that. Cornerbacks don't usually get to do that. Guys that need that quick twitch, especially when it's a soft tissue injury. If you don't practice in full, you're not going to play. Well, it sounds like things are progressing. Devontae must have done well enough on Thursday in the rehab group to say, I want to try to give it a go on Saturday. And if he does, he should be able to play on Sunday. McCarthy said also he was optimistic about Geronimo Allison being able to play on Sunday, and as cynical as we can be about these concussion protocols, and as I noted in my piece for SB Nation uh, today, it is convenient that the recovery time for these injuries is always exactly six days, and then on that seventh day they get cleared to play again. Uh, You know, that part of it aside, it would be obviously extremely helpful to have both of those guys. But I don't think playing these rookies is necessarily going to be a bad thing. They're going to have to play them because Cobb is Cobb is out. And so Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to get some reps. I would love to see them rotate in Jamon Moore. I expect that Equinemius St. Brown is going to be up for this game. He's going to be active for this game. And I would love to see him them rotate those guys in. It is important that they build some trust here. It's important that they and they being the receivers now, are able to go out and show something, not not just because it could help Green Bay win the game, but because they're going to need one or two of these guys in the coming years. That was what the piece was about today for SB Nation. Randall Cobb may not be back on this team. He may not be back. His contract ends at the end of 2018. This is another year where he's dealing with injuries, despite the fact that he started out the, the season pretty well. The first two weeks looked really good. Obviously, week three, had his worst game as a pro, and then gets hurt. And that's sort of the story of Randall Cobb's career to this point. That's the unfortunate part. He started out, when he first hit the scene in 2011, superstar in the making. And and he reached his apex in that 2014 season. But then in 2015, struggled with injuries, struggled with the, the burden of being a number one option. 2016 again in injury issues. 2017, more injuries and an ineffective play with Brett Hunley. So where does this where does he stand in this organization? Where how effective can he be moving forward? Green Bay obviously drafted three receivers because they were concerned about the position. They probably didn't anticipate Geronimo Allison played. As playing as well as he has, and that's great that that's happened, but that leaves them with just Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison after this year if Randall Cobb walks. And and Green Bay drafted these three receivers, all of whom who have unique skill sets. Equinemius St. Brown has the deep speed. Jamon Moore has the quick twitch and the change of direction ability. And EQ is the size speed receiver. They could all have a role in this offense. If Green Bay's five receivers next year are Adams, Allison, Moore, EQ, and MVS, that is a talented, dynamic receiving group. And they need the opportunities to go out and and gain Aaron Rodgers' trust because we saw with Jeff Janis that if Rodgers doesn't trust you, it doesn't matter what kind of physical tools you have, he's not going to throw you the ball. And there is nothing you can do as a receiver if you're not getting the ball. That's just how life works. So getting those guys some time this week against a very thin secondary, Darius Slay is the only cornerback even worth talking about. So getting those guys in, just rotate them in. If you go three receivers, Put EQ out there once. Put Jamon Moore out there once. We don't know why Moore is suddenly ahead of EQ. It's obviously a practice situation where he's playing better in practice, and, and that's fine. You you want guys to go earn their spots. I still think St. Brown is the most talented of this group, but it was going to take him some time. And defensively with these injuries, Kevin King looks like he's good to go. Unclear on Jair Alexander, but Tremont Williams, I didn't even mention Bashad Breeland when we talked about this earlier in the week. Kevin King, Josh Jackson, Tremont Williams, Bashad Breeland, that's a good secondary. So to not have maybe your second best corner on the field and you still have a really good secondary, this is the best Green Bay has matched up with the Detroit Lions in a long time. And I'm really excited to see Mike Pettin attack this Detroit Lions team. They've been great at forcing three and outs, the best three and out team in football this season. And Green Bay has to find a way to get pressure on Matthew Stafford with four. But here's the great thing. Larry McCarron did a cool breakdown for Packers.com earlier in the week where he he showed a couple plays against Buffalo where Green Bay took away first reads with coverage and it allowed the extra half second that that the Green Bay pass rush needed to get to Josh Allen. Now, Matthew Stafford is going to process quicker. But they also, they will dink and dunk you and then go up top and if you can't if you don't have time because everything is covered number 1 dink and dunking is harder i expect green bay to play a lot of press this week to take away those underneath throws but if you have it covered you're more likely to get that half second and you give your pass rush more time to get to the quarterback the lions have done a good job at keeping matthew stafford clean this season so they need to do that because his his passer rating when pressured is bad so this coverage team is going to have a big job this week. But this, as I've said, is the best coverage team that Green Bay has had in a long time. And they match up with this Lions team better than they have, frankly, in a really, really long time. It's funny. I was I was watching the uh, the baseball playoffs and the Oakland Athletics manager, Bob Melvin, had a loci bracelet on. And I thought, hey, wait, I have that bracelet. And then yesterday the Packers posted some pictures And some of the players had green and gold Loci bracelets on. I didn't mention this before, and I probably should have. Loci has apparel deals with Major League Baseball and the NFL. That's why you're seeing those bracelets. And you can get your own at a discount because you're a listener of this show. By now, you've heard the name because I've said it to you. And they do come in. It's a really cool green and gold swirl. Great for game day. Great for just... Wearing around and saying, hey, by the way, I'm a Packers fan, especially if you don't live in Wisconsin. And the really cool thing about the low bracelet is it's more than just team spirit. It holds water from Mount Everest, the highest point on earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on earth. All a daily reminder to keep balance in your life between the highs and the lows. If you're not a big bracelet person, I understand, but go check these out because I think they'll change your mind. Since Loci is friends of the show, they're offering you an exclusive 25% discount on all game day collection bracelets. This is the best deal you're going to get. So use the promo code Packers25 when checking out and you can just thank me later. You're going to look cool. You're going to look great. Go to loci.com and use the promo code Packers25 to take advantage of this great deal. And while you're adding 25 to things, why not add 25 free dollars in gameplay when you sign up at MyBookie? You can get way more than 25 too, because they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. MyBookie is the best place to gamble online because they have live in-game betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business with a great mobile site. But they're so slammed right now with new bettors. They're going to give you an additional $25 free dollars on a deposit over $100 if you deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25. That's LOCKEDON25 to get an additional 25 free dollars on that first deposit, which MyBookie will match dollar for dollar up to $1,000. What are you waiting for? Go to MyBookie now. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, I want to get to... Some listener questions because, as I said, we hadn't done that a lot this week, and and we got a we got a bunch of voicemails. I love that. I mean, we got some texts. I, I, I want to remind everyone: these are a little bit on the longer side too. But I, I mean, I've gotten voicemails that are like two or three minutes long. If you want me to play your voicemail on the show, keep it under a minute because these the <laughs> these long <laughs> meandering voicemails. I you know I listen to them but I can't take, I mean, the show is already only 25, 26, 27 minutes. I can't, I can't take three of them for your voicemail. So aim for 30 seconds. A minute is okay. Ask your question and, and we'll go. Okay. You're much more likely to get it on air if you, if you get it under 30 seconds. Let's start with an interesting question from Tyler, who I would think if he's in Fort Bragg, which is where he says he's, he's calling from, he's, He's in the military, so if that's the case, Tyler, thank you for your service.
4: Hey, my name is Tyler. Uh, I'm out at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Born and raised in Green Bay for 22 years. Diehard Packer fan. I love your show. Um, I was just seeing if uh, you had any insight with Mike Patton being in the press box for most of his games because when we were in the off season. He was the big hype, and he's sitting in the press box because that's where he's more comfortable. I was just seeing if you thought that maybe he could put a little spark in our defense if he was on the sideline and just looking for your thoughts. Thanks, and I'll continue listening.
0: This is an interesting question, and, you know, Dom Caper sat in the booth. I don't want Packer fans to to feel – uh, any residual anguish over booth sitting by a defensive coordinator though I understand why you would feel that way um, this is this is not that this is not that situation this is not that problem. I actually think um, it makes a lot of sense for coordinators to be up in the booth and see everything from a high angle because it's it's like getting to watch the all22 um, you know in real time. So I understand Tyler's point, about energy, and I understand his point about you know um, you know feeling like you can you can get in a player you know you can have some sort of motivational conversation or you can work out the finer points with a player. That's that's ultimately not the defensive coordinator's job. That's the position coach's job. And so guys like Joe Witt and Mike Turgavak, they're on the field and they're doing the thing, and and you have to trust those guys to do their job. Patton says he's more comfortable in the booth, then he should be in the booth. I mean that's just that's that's how this works and and again most coordinators in college are in the booth. Um there are plenty of coordinators in the NFL uh who are in the booth and and just because you know a, a lot of the offensive coaches like to be on the field because they're going to talk to their their quarterback, you know, Sean McVay needs to be on the field because he needs to he needs to just have Jared Goff be able to run over and say something to him. Defensive coaches it's not like that. So, you know, I think um, having the having the coach in the booth is not something to be concerned about. Now, there are two questions that I want to get to about the offense, and they're somewhat related. So let's start with this one from Tim.
4: Hey, Peter, what's happening? Tim from Milwaukee, checking in. Uh, just listened to the uh, podcast on uh, Monday morning, I guess it is now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a third shifter. Uh, anyways, couldn't agree with you more. On the offensive end of things uh Aaron Jones absolutely needs to be the focal point uh of the backfield maybe maybe the focal point of the offense right now while we're dealing with uh injuries and inconsistency at the receiver spot. another point I couldn't agree with you more on is the fact that uh I cannot for the life of me figure out why Lance Hendricks is still on this football team um I'm just as puzzled as you are, and I'm sure many Packer fans are. Um, However, I agree again a third time with you that things will improve offensively. Um, I do think Aaron Rodgers needs to uh, shoulder some of the blame himself. Um, It's very uncharacteristic to see uh, a quarterback of his caliber um, miss throws um, on a semi-consistent basis, uh, really, these last couple of games. So, It's a little bit uh, of a concern, but I don't think anything major, and uh, as always, go Pack Go, and I will stay
0: locked on. Tim gets it. Totally gets it. I appreciate it. I threw in that office space little sound drop, and no one said anything about it. (laughs) I was a little disappointed, Uh, but I'm going to keep doing it, and you can't stop me, Um, but this is one of those things that I think you know. This this came in a couple days ago. Aaron Rodgers has since taken some responsibility for uh, the offense and the struggles, and I think he's right. Um, we aren't used to seeing Rodgers miss this many throws. He, his ultimate um, you know completion percentage in Buffalo was not great, so you know it, he has taken some responsibility here for this offense and needs to continue to do so. There have been open receivers. And he's missed some reads. I mentioned that Marquez Valdez-Scantling play on fourth down in, in the piece that I wrote today. He had Devontae Adams to the top of the screen on a combination route with Jimmy Graham and just didn't even look. I mean, I don't know why when when the play appears to be designed to go to the top and you have the combo route. I think, I think part of this, there is some trust issues with Rodgers not believing in the scheme which would be one reason why you, know, you might see a change at the end of the year, whether it's a, a, you know, a new offensive coordinator or a new coach altogether, depending on how this season ends. And I do think, despite the fact that I've downplayed the you know, mccarthy Rogers rift to some degree, that McCarthy is very much still on a relatively warm seat, all things considered. Rogers just needs to play better. He needs to trust his guys. He needs to trust this offense because the scheme has been good. And hopefully they put enough on film through four weeks to to, to have Rodgers trust that. But he does need to play well uh, in addition. So this Aaron Jones point, I, I think we do need to remember something. And, and Mike McCarthy pointed this out and it has been pointed out on Twitter and in, and in columns. And, and I'll let Sam make the point to some degree.
2: Hey Peter, this is Sam from Boston. I uh, love the show. My question is about Aaron Jones and his use in the Packers offense going forward. So I know every Packers fan wants to see Aaron Jones get 30 t- touches a game and, you know, catch five passes out of the backfield. But my question is about his durability. You know, is he built to handle that kind of workload? You know, we see guys like Kamara and McCaffrey get, you know, 25, 30 touches a game, um, and they seem to thrive in that role, and they're real game changers. But you also see guys like Fournette go out there and get touches and then blow out their hamstrings. And I think that's the reason that the Packers are limiting Jones so far this season is that we don't want to end up in a four net situation where we get good use out of him for two games and then we have him on off this week, that week, and then we can't really rely on him on a consistent basis. And when we really need Jones is in the playoffs. So I think that's why we're limiting him. But my question is about is he truly built to handle that 25, 30 touches a game that every Packers fan wants to see? given that it would be a complete game-changer having that dynamic asset out of the backfield. Looking forward to hearing your response. Thanks, man.
0: So I think there's this misnomer that if Aaron Jones isn't getting 25 touches a game, he's not being effectively used. And I just don't think that's true. I, I think when you have three talented backs, which the Packers do, and it is clear, by the way, that Aaron Jones is the best of those backs— You don't want to overuse them because you want them fresh in December, January, and February. You you don't want them to be taking these unnecessary hits. And Aaron Jones does have some durability questions. Multiple knee injuries, had a soft tissue injury in training camp. So they don't want to overuse him, not just because they need him fresh for the end of the season, but they don't want him getting hurt. So if he only is getting 15, 16, 17 touches a game, that's fine as long as they're the right touches. As long as they're not using other players in ways that would be better for Aaron Jones to be used. Use the guys in a position to succeed. You know, if you're having Jamal Williams run wheel routes, I'm going to wonder why Ty Montgomery isn't in on that play. If you're going to run draws with Jamal Williams, I'm going to wonder why Aaron Jones isn't in on that play. If you're going to run... Some sort of inside zone on third and one, and Ty Montgomery's in. I'm going to wonder why Jamal Williams wasn't in. So Mike McCarthy needs to do a better job of getting these guys in a position to succeed. But the, but this idea that Jones needs to get 25, 30 touches a game, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. He just needs to get the right 18 to 20 touches a game. 13, 14. I mean, McCarthy said 15 was the number he wanted to get to on touches. That's fine. I really think that's fine as long as Ty is getting 10 to 12 and Jamal is getting five or six. And I went back and looked at those games that the Packers had some of those receiver struggles in 2013. They, they gave the ball to Eddie Lacey 29 times, 25 times, 28 times, 27 times. He was a hammer and they gave James Stark six, seven, eight carries. That's 30 plus carries in a game where they scored 30 points, 40 points. This running game can be a focal point of this offense, but we don't have to expect one guy to shoulder that kind of load. They don't need him to. And as long as the the touches that he is getting are used to his maximum capacity and the other touches that the other running backs are getting are also to their maximum capacity, that's all that matters. We shouldn't get bogged down in wondering, okay, is it 25, is it 26, is it 30, is it 22? No, it doesn't matter. As long as all the touches... Put them in the best position to succeed. That is what matters for this offense.
3: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good Dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit Dave's to learn more and look for Dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store
0: all right I think the Packers win this game I think they win in cover I think it's something like 26 21 27 21 something like that the, the spread is green Bay minus one. Uh, it had, it opened at, at minus a field goal that the receiver injuries. It was taken off the board, came back at, at one and a half. It's, it's in that same sort of spot now, one and a half to one, depending on where you look, but green Bay wins by more than a field goal. I think they run the ball effectively enough in this game. I think they're able to throw the ball. I think Rogers has a solid day and the defense plays well enough to win. And if, 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 the defense holds Detroit under 20, Green Bay definitely wins. If it is 25, 28, you know, it gets a little bit dicier, but I think Green Bay wins this game. I don't think it's as high scoring as, as maybe, you know, Matt Derry from Locked on Lions thought, you know, 30, 31. I don't think it's going to be like that, but it might be. And I, But I think either way, Green Bay wins. Uh, they get C.J. Bethard coming to Lambeau the week after that, and then a bye week. So this is, this is the opportunity for Green Bay to really get their, their identity back offensively to get going with with balance and big plays from Aaron Rodgers against this Detroit Lions defense. It's all there in front of them. If you want to get in touch with the show and and ask a question or leave a comment, you can do that at the Locked on Packers fan hotline 920-341-3775. You can always ask me questions on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski of the podcast at Locked on Packers. You can leave a question on our Facebook page where you can like and rate the show. Remember to subscribe and leave a rating. That helps us spread the word about Locked On Packers because we want more than just you. We know you're already doing it. You're already locked on. Help get your friends, your families, your coworkers, your roommates, your Uber drivers, help get them all to stay locked on Packers.